Hello and welcome to AI Unfiltered with me, Ian Bowie, and our resident expert, Mikael Stormbom, where we will be talking about everything to do with AI in our modern digital society and what the future holds for all of us. So the subject for today is bias and with specific reference to facial recognition. Big Brother is watching all of us. Um, so, Mikhail, can you please perhaps explain what exactly is facial recognition? Facial recognition, well, it's, uh, it means a number of different things, but in essence, it means taking an image or a video, and if there's a face in there, recognizing first of all that it is a face, and then identifying who the person in the picture might be. It's part of a broader group of techniques, usually called computer vision, which is basically analysis of images and videos for various use cases and purposes. Okay, so that's pretty much of a nutshell answer. Um, who's using it and what are the markets for it? Well, facial recognition is very widely uh, used today. If you're on uh, social media and uh, you upload a picture and you notice that your friends are automatically tagged in the picture, that's an example of facial recognition. But there are a number of other use cases, for example, in Security, so for example, accessing access to restricted areas, you could use facial recognition to to allow only to allow only specific persons uh, access used by by many employers already in, in the West and certainly in in China, where as well where facial recognition is very widely used in security. Uh, so analysis of surveillance for for crime prevention and crime investigation. I, I quite like your um, access answer because um, I'm, I'm guessing that quite a few people listening to this um, have been watching the Mission Impossible films um, and part of that is where they actually make a mould of somebody else's face and then put it on and use it to do exactly that, access um, secure facilities. Um, so if, if, if we think about that, obviously... We have the technology to create a rubber face of somebody. Doesn't that make it rather easy to get into secure facilities? I don't know if it's all that easy to make <laughs> rubber faces that <laughs> have all of the uh, characteristics. But uh, as far as I, I am aware, there haven't really been a wave of breakings using fake <laughs> faces. But I could be wrong on that one. <laughs> I, I like to think it's true. Um, all right, I mean... But more to the point about access, you can also, in your, for example, in your mobile phone, you can set it up so to, to use your face as a, uh, to access the phone, so you, so you use the phone camera. See, I'm, I'm a bit worried about that. I mean, what happens if you're having a bad hair day? Hopefully the algorithm is smart enough to be able to cope with your... <laughs> all right, I mean, so security, your mobile phone, um, crime prevention... Um, but actually, how does facial recognition AI work? Well, there are a couple of different uh, approaches to facial recognition. So one is that you have an existing database of images uh, with names associated to them. Let's for the sake of example say that they have, a, they have a picture of you and a picture of me. And uh, the picture of you is tagged with Ian and the picture of me is tagged with, with Mikael. So then uh, you use that as data for the, to train the facial recognition model. And then after that, you would have a model who is able to recognize either your face or mine. Uh, but that's pretty much it. So if you put a new face and try to feed it to the 
to the model it would be unable to then correctly identify it would try to identify it as either me or as you uh, another approach which is more than which is more practically useful for image recognition is to do train is that you train a recognition model that is that compares pictures so if you have a photograph of you which the algorithm knows is of you and then you feed it a new picture then the the algorithm has learned to compare that new picture so as to determine whether it's the same person in the picture. All right. I mean, that's all well and good. But of course, the subject of today's podcast is bias in, in facial recognition. Um, you know, we're talking about, OK, we can train it with my face, your face, all our friends' faces. But we're all basically ethnic white Western Europeans. Um now, I've seen documentaries where they're saying, well, you know, a lot of Asian people are tagged as terrorists simply because whoever is actually creating these programs is biased towards that way of thinking. Or um, a lot of black people are picked up as being criminals because, again, the people who are programming these um, systems are like us. They're middle-aged white men uh, how, how, how can we how can we get away from that yeah and uh, i think one thing worth pointing out here is that it's not so much explicit programming so no one necessarily sets out to create a racist ai so that that's it's more of a well i'm sure there are people who do that as well but uh, i think the bigger one is these are like unconscious bias and because these systems they learn by the data that is fed to them. And so in the case of racial bias in these facial recognition software, the, the underlying cause is typically that the data used is not diverse enough. So it's a lot of pictures of uh, white people. And so the system learns to recognize white faces better. And it, that's not necessarily due to a deliberate, deliberate choice to only have specific but how how do we avoid that? Because we have to. I mean, the... absolutely, and and I mean, there are already real world cases, uh, as you know, of these systems. They are widely used. They are widely deployed. Governments use them all the time, where they are incorrectly identifying people as criminals, and typically, and uh, with a racial bias. So a, a black person is more likely to be identified as a criminal than a white person, precisely due to this bias in the data. Well, one question, first of all, is whether we should be using the systems in the first place, but we can get into that later. But the main thing is really that the, the those who design this system, there has to be diversity in those in those teams so as to more easily notice that there is a problem in the in the data that is being used or rather what data is not being used. So I think diversity Diversity in thought, diversity in ethnicity, gender. Is there actually a case um, for putting together a multi-ethnic, multicultural and possibly even multilingual team together to start developing this kind of uh, technology? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think that's very much... It's a, it's a must in, in my view. I think governments probably are aware that there is bias in the data but they're still using it 
I think that's a mixed bag, so I think some governments are not particularly well-versed in... I think in general, governments are not that well-versed in, in this type of technologies. I think that's part of the problem. As well, so the regulation is lagging behind due to that reason. Uh, but certainly there are governments who are very keenly aware of what you can do with, with uh, AI. All right, so I mean, how do we find the balance between privacy and security? Um, for example, biometric data protection. Well, I think that's a difficult question to answer. I think the individual has to decide for himself what is the what is the appropriate amount of, so we say, personal integrity and privacy you're willing to give up for in the name of security. Well, we 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 might not have a choice. I mean, governments are just rolling these systems out without any control, really. No, indeed. And of course, and of course, here in Finland, we have the luxury of, or is it a luxury, but or rather the right to vote them out. But of course, that's option is not. We always. have the same thing in the UK, but the UK is still the most watched um, society on the planet. I think after China. Yeah, but uh, well, what do the opinion polls say on on that one? Actually, I, I haven't got the data. Um, I think a lot of people probably don't have an objection to the fact that. There are CCTV cameras pretty much on every street corner um, because, of course, it, it does help prevent crime. Um, and when crimes do happen, of course, it helps to catch the criminals. Um, so from, from that, I think the, the main worry is um, misidentifying people for something that they're not. Yes, um, I actually watched a documentary not too long ago about this, and, and, and they said, you know, um, they showed it. I mean, these systems are actually profiling people. Yes. Yeah. And getting it wrong. And getting it very badly wrong, indeed. Yes. indeed. Yeah. And then the authorities believe the data, because you've got a police officer who perhaps is a good police officer but doesn't think beyond the evidence that's in front of them and will not accept at face value that that person is not the person that has been identified by the system. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I mean with governments not understanding the limitations of these technologies. But who's policing the governments? That is a good question, indeed. Mm. So can, can we actually trust governments with this technology without having an independent body policing how they use it. I think where this is where this podcast comes in as well, at also making the population aware. I mean, I certainly that applies to people in the government as well, that there, need, there needs to be better understanding of, first of all, what the limitations are and also the inherent dangers, uh, especially in cases of bias, but uh, also automating our society and the implications. So I think... I think raising awareness and also raising the the competence level of of government in terms of understanding. Yeah. Can can, can facial recognition actually recognize emotion? Uh, there are systems that claims to be able to analyze emotions based on facial expressions. However, I think that's it's much of a it's a research topic mostly, but. Though there are commercial systems on the market already that claim to be able to analyze emotions, but studies have shown that they are not particularly reliable. Right. At the moment. At the moment. 
And well, I don't know if there's given how individual facial expressions are, can we? Is it even possible? Is it even practically possible to create a system that would be able to to analyze them with any reasonable level of accuracy? Perhaps in in combination with other sort of cues like the uh, the sound of your voice and uh, body language and uh, other forms of nonverbal and verbal verbal expressions, perhaps. Yeah, of course, we're, we're sitting here talking about this in at the end of 2021. I mean, if you go back 20 years, um, nobody would have believed this technology would, would have been possible in the first place. So it can be in 20 more years, actually, it really is intelligent enough to, to recognise emotion and, and goodness knows what else. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I think if you if you couple it with other data, and let's say if you co couple it with, uh, well, biometric data, for example, or on blood pressure and... Uh, blood pressure and heartbeats and uh, perspiration and uh, all the stuff if you couple all that together then possibly you could get a get a reasonable reasonable analysis of a person's emotional state or it might just be that they haven't had enough coffee that morning Every, everything happens in, in context <laughs> indeed yeah so all right we've we've talked a little bit about okay misrepresentation and 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 also um, the security aspects and maybe the negative side of Big Brother watching us. But um, what about practical applications um, for facial recognition just in our daily lives? Yeah, indeed. So uh, as mentioned, when you when you access your phone, uh, you can use your face as the as the way to get into the phone. So using the phone's camera to recognize that it's actually you accessing the thing. And then, uh, as noted, many employers use that for for access. And of course, it's convenient if you if you have photos or videos and it automatically tells you who are in the photos or in the, in the video. So those sort of convenience things. Well, uh, image searches in, in Google and so forth. Could it be used as a payment system? It could. I, I believe there are even uh, attempts or I'm not sure how far they along they are with those, but to do exactly that, they use your face as a way to recognize that uh, is it Amazon or someone who is Doing no, I, th I think Amazon are experimenting with, well, certainly with uh, they're, they're sort of like, cashierless supermarkets. Yeah, indeed. So basically, and then using your face then as the yeah. way to identify that you are the person taking these products and then charging you particularly for them. But why, why have we gone down the facial route? I mean, if you think about access, what's wrong with the good old thumbprint? Well, I guess it comes down to this sort of recognizing, well, mim mimicking human behavior in a way, right? You. I mean, I, I don't go and identify people by looking at their finger <laughs> fingerprints, but well, rather yeah, look at no. their face. <laughs> but I mean, for example, what I'm thinking of is if you want to get access to a building, what, what's wrong with just using your, your your thumb or your fingerprint? I don't know if there's anything wrong, but uh, isn't it cooler to use facial recognition? I think a lot of this is driven by what, what, is, uh, what appears to be cool as well, I think. Right, okay, so it's, it's all about the cool factor and not necessarily about the practical factor. I would say so, and uh, of course, in a way, it's less... It's less invasive in a way, right? If you just take a picture of your face. But what I mean by that is that you have to physically put your thumb on something and uh, there's uh, COVID on the, all over the pad and uh, so forth. So in a sense, it's, uh, it requires less physical action on your part to, well, yeah, to that, just show your face. That, 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 that is a good point, yeah. But I mean, for example, people's faces change over time. Um, somebody might decide to grow a beard somebody might have a facial disfigurement from an accident can can facial recognition see beyond that 
So for example, if, if, if I grew a big bushy beard, would my camera, my phone still recognize me? So they've done research on that and apparently facial hearing does not affect facial recognition all that much, interestingly. But yeah, no, I think it's a, I do think it's a consideration that the faces change over time. And what about glasses? Uh, glasses, if you're wearing sunglasses, that can affect it. I think uh, they seem to rely quite a bit on, on sort of the eyes, the, the facial recognition, many facial recognition. By the way, if you're trying to fool a facial recognition system by wearing a balaclava, but your eyes are still on full display, then you might not be able to fool the facial recognition okay. necessarily. Because I know um, when you go through the airports, you've got to take, you've got to remove your glasses for the system to work properly. Yeah, but I would think that's more of a precautionary variance in the particular characteristic of whatever facial recognition is behind there. I mean, there are, of course, different facial recognition system works differently. So what might be true for one might not necessarily be true for the other. I see. That's an interesting point. Different facial recognition systems work differently. Shouldn't there be a standard and a standardization within the industry? Now, that's got you thinking, hasn't it? I'm weighing the pros and the cons. Uh, well, I mean, one thing is about the data. So what what the system has learned is characteristic of a face. And that may, that may vary from system to system. And of course, the other thing is what are the layers on top of the the AI part of the system itself, so what sort of other information is fed into the system form. So, and I mean, that can certainly do, do vary from vendor to vendor. As to whether it should be standardized, I think uh, I think it's more of a question of should be re should it be regulated? So, I mean, we, we talked about racial bias, which is which is part of many commercial facial recognition systems, added as it is. So, yeah, I, I don't know if it's standardization as such, but I think regulation, I think, so, is rather crucial. All right, facial recognition, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously clever stuff, but um, is it possible to fool facial recognition? I mean, I talked about the Mission Impossible rubber face, um, but maybe that's a little bit too basic. Well, I don't know if it's... Uh... Too basic, at least in the in those Mission Impossible movies, it looks like quite state of the art. <laughs> uh, the facial facial reconstruction there, but uh, uh, no. But I think that yes, I mean there are certainly ways to fool facial recognition systems, and the way you fool it, of course, depends then a bit on the inherent characteristic of that particular facial recognition uh, system. So, uh, but for example, uh, like a facial mask can be enough to fool some systems. So they, they haven't had a very good time with the facial recognition systems during the COVID era with the, their own wearing facial masks. Uh, and then I think the primary way that people try to deliberately fool these facial recognition systems is to, is to cause the system to not recognize that it's a face in the first place. So you can, like if you wear makeup, uh, like I, I don't mean like regular day-to-day -day makeup, but but uh, putting makeup in your face in, and with different patterns and so forth, that can fool the system into thinking it's not a face in the first place. But I mean, if the system spots somebody like that, isn't that an automatic red flag for the authorities that they're obviously hiding something, so go and pick them up? Well, no, I mean, if the system relies on, first of all, detecting that it's a face, and if it's not a face, then it doesn't so care. So you're like you're invisible? Indeed, indeed. 
And uh, I mean, there have been other instances where people have, for example, li like, well, wear a mask with a specific pattern on it, so that fools the system into thinking it's not a face at all. And uh, those sorts of things. So that certainly happens. Uh, there are even AI systems that have been designed to fool. AI systems, so it has become this sort of like <laughs> industry of its own. That uh... Well, so, so I mean, if you can fool the system that easily, doesn't it just make the whole thing pointless? I think that's a good question. Uh, if people are, well, first of all, are people aware the of The bad it? guys are. You've yeah. certainly let the cat out of the bag. Well, at least our audience is now yeah. aware of it, yes. But, but I think if, they, if, they, if most people are not aware of it, then... I think those systems are... But mo mo most people are not a threat to society. But the people that are a threat to society are bound to be looking for ways to beat the system. Yeah, indeed. And uh, I mean, it doesn't It doesn't matter how much time and effort you put into creating a facial recognition system. There, there just isn't a system that is going to be 100% foolproof and 100% accurate. So is there any point... To developing this at all if it's that i mean you know if it's that easy to trick it to fool it to get around it what's the point in having it well now that the creators of the facial recognition systems are aware of these workarounds of course they will move to counter that with their it's going to be a little bit like a virus creators and antivirus system it becomes this ever-continuing struggle of the Development, developing the facial recognition cat system. Cat and mouse. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, who's 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 in in front, the cat or the mouse? Yeah, yeah, okay. You know, I, I don't want to get too serious about this, but I, I like to think about some of the ways, the fun ways that you can use this technology. And don't you think it'd be really cool that you could just walk up to your car, it would recognise your face, let you in, and put everything to your settings and start up? As an example... Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I, I think you think that uh, that's the promise of AI and automation in general, right? Uh, that uh, it will make things a hell of a lot more convenient for for all of us. Well, I don't know if that's the main point, but it's certainly a, a major selling point. This sort of. And then are we are we going to get to a stage where suddenly we 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 you know we don't need uh, a ticket for anything, um, we we don't need a credit card anymore. Your face is your credit card. I think that could be a distinct possibility. Then we come down to the question of the reliability of the facial recognition systems. Uh, we, we were talking about identity theft in a previous episode, so I don't know. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that, that's true. Or, of course, it means you can ride the bus for free if you've got one of the masks and you can trick the system. It doesn't even recognise you. Yes, indeed. So free public transport, people. That's what we're aiming for. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, one thing where facial recognition isn't going to work, I guess it's with kids. Because, I mean, if you think, you know, like... Well, think about your first passport, and you've got your baby passport, and you've got your baby picture in there. But, you know, if, if that was given to you when you were 18 months old, when you're five years old, you absolutely don't look like that anymore, do you? Yeah, no, indeed. So, I mean, I, and that's, of course, a general issue, that uh, your face changes over time, but absolutely, certainly in those, yeah. in those early years, rather drastically, indeed. So, I mean, it's basically not going to work for kids at all. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking, like, if you've got facial recognition um, door locks, so the kid comes home from school and then suddenly can't get in the house. You know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not going to work, is it? 
<laughs> no, indeed. So there are limitations. There are definite limitations on yeah. that. And even in the best of circumstances, as noted, facial recognition will never be 100% accurate. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that there might be something after facial recognition? You know, we, we, had, we had fingerprint recognition. Now it's gone to facial recognition. Is there something after that? So something even more invasive, yeah. like, uh, yeah. I don't know, a scan of your DNA on the fly or something of the sort. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course, we are all carrying around these computers in our pockets, right, that can be used to identify us in a, in a way as well. So so the question is to how, how much further beyond facial recognition do we actually need to move? Or, or what about the... Um... Especially if it's sort of like implanted in the nut. I was going to say, yeah, what, what, what about the chip under your skin? Yeah. Actually, we, in my place of work, we have this office in uh, in Stockholm. So when we got this office in, in uh, Stockholm, in this sort of like office ho hotel, so they, they very graciously offered the opportunity to have like a chip or uh, implanted in your like a small little thing that goes uh, like in your oh. hand so that you could then automatically, you, you could open the doors there with the, just show your hand there as opposed to the... <laughs> Uh, I I politely declined the <laughs> opportunity to do so, but yeah, that, that's a that's already a reality that you can do that. Wow. Yeah, but I mean, so all right, it's it's it's, it's for this one hotel, and it lets you in. Then what happens if you decide never to use that hotel again? How do you get the chip out? I guess you have to visit a <laughs> surgeon and, and have yeah. it cut out. Oh, yeah. gross. Yeah. No, but uh, let's call it a proof of concept of the uh, of the thing. And of course, I mean, we don't we tag our we tag our pets, you know, with those digital. We we do, yeah, that's true, yeah. So certainly, the technology exists. It's a matter of whether we do we want to tag ourselves. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I think maybe we can leave that for another time. I think that's probably for a future episode. <laughs>